are Trisden and Ray. Having lived and spent time on the coasts and in rural Appalachia, we feel like we have a unique perspective on most topics. Working to find the common sense middle in a country becoming more and more polarized. Welcome to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. What's up, Ray? A little wet today. It is a little moist. A little moist. A little bit moist. <laughs> I like to think it's because I was outside, nature became moist. Too far? Yeah, I, I was see, I was looking at a text and I missed it. <laughs> so my wife wants to change time of dinner now because the her sister isn't coming. Can I text her briefly? Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah, I, I can talk randomly about. Uh, so what was your joke? Something is moist in nature. <laughs> You said it was wet outside, and I said it's moist because I was outside, Im- implying that I cute, somehow cute, miraculously cute. turned on nature single-handedly by walking around outside. Because you are yeah. with your shirt off. Hey, do you That's know, um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but condoms have serial numbers? I did not know that. I never had it rolled out far enough. <laughs> never wear them. Am I right? No. That's well, pretty good. So there's this story that I learned was apocryphal. That's like ubiquitous. You know, Ooh, you, you know, apocryphal. Is it related to the uh, base word of uh, apocalyptic? Probably somewhere. So apocryphal is, I think, it's a biblical term. But but I'll say that because it sounds smart. It means uh, fabricated, not true, wrong, okay. apocryphal. So everything made up. Say. It's a bullshit story. Fair enough. It's a polite way to say it's a bullshit story. Basically, everything Donald Trump says is apocryphal. How's that? <laughs> yeah. But we I love agree. you, Donald. Um, oh. I'm sure we'll talk about him. But anyway, so I heard this story in Jersey years and years ago from uh, from Kenny Pine, who was my late brother-in-law Vince's mentor. Kenny's long gone too now. Kenny was a wonderful carpenter and contractor, and he did, he was a handyman. He did everything. Kenny said he had gotten this call, and he went to this guy's house, and he dug up the septic system and popped the lid off of the septic system and said to the gentleman, well, sir, here's your problem. It's loaded with condoms. And the guy said, I've never used a condom in my life. <laughs> and 15 years later, I'm in Kentucky, probably at our bar, and this fucking guy tells that story. Let me tell you what happened to me today. So it's obviously a, one of those, uh, yeah, con- con- a, a contractor's folklore. You know? Yeah, it's it's like the bullshit <laughs> school story that I was saying, where every school now will tell the story of the kid that's a furry and has the litter box, and it's become this urban legend that everybody tells it like it's their school. <laughs> Every contractor tells the condom story. Now, the furry thing's a little bizarre. It's bizarre. I don't think it's... I mean, again, it's like... (laughs) No, there are people who do that, right? There are people that do it, but it's not like, you know, every school does not have a litter box so the furry cat girl can take a piss. But something funny about schools, so we are hosting the high school region, 11th region high school, uh, 11th region bowling uh, tournament at Galaxy uh, today, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And Corbin, about, I don't know, what's Corbin, 40 miles south of us that's it is in the region and they're the host so they came to uh, galaxy because it's a nice central location but because they're the co- there was a uniformed officer there with a weapon and i thought oh does he have a kid who's bowling and i came to find out that corbin the school system put down an edict that anytime one of their school groups travels out of the town there's a uniformed armed officer with them really why would that come about? What was the genesis of that rule? I don't know. I guess everybody's uptight with, you know, school shoot- shootings generally and school shootings. Oh, wow. And, yeah, know, I guess. I guess. 
I mean, I mean, I guess it's not the worst thing. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I guess if you've got a trained person there. Yeah, yeah, no, he was a very nice guy. I chatted with him, but well, yeah. And one of the things that you really haven't heard, so I don't know if it makes sense, you haven't really heard of these school shootings at like sporting events, right? Like, easy, is easy. that don't I'm, give anybody I, any ideas? <laughs> we do have like forty listeners. One of them could be Koki. <laughs> That's right. So, I, but yeah, I mean, I guess the safer, the better. I mean, you do like the idea of the kids being protected. I mean, I guess, and if that's, yeah, I, th- I, I guess that's where it's come to. Now, yeah. You know, when I was in school in the seventies, Tristan, it wouldn't have been a thought to bring an armed fucking officer or when you were school in the nineties, <laughs> right, it yeah. wouldn't have been a thought. Yeah, absolutely. But here we are in 2024 and it's a thought, you know, and, crazy, isn't it? Well, so much has changed now at my high school, you know, if you get in a fight, they take you and like process you at the the county jail wow like you know when i was in school they'd break up the fight and maybe send somebody home or yeah now it's i don't know there seems like some overreactions these days yeah what were we talking about the other day where i said man that would no longer happen um gosh that's why we should write things down. I think it was like <laughs> a gym class or something. Next week, we start pre- practicing but for the show. For actually prepping. But yeah, I was just talking with somebody the other day, and I remember saying, oh my God, that would think about that. I know what you're saying, but you could no more do that now. This was something from the 80s. Well, I'll tell you, Bombardment, you know that game? No. Okay, so Bombardment was dodgeball on steroids. And you know, Beavis and Butthead did a good job with portraying the idiot gym teacher. Yeah. We all knew him. Right. In fact, Leonard Skinner, one of the legendary bands, they took the name from their gym teacher. His name was Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Leonard Skinner, and he was an asshole. Yeah. So they <laughs> played with the L, with the, all the Ys and came up with the band name. Because yeah. they were hippies wanting to play music. And you know, he was that Beavis and Butthead. So keeping that in mind... We used to play bombardment when I was a kid. Now, here was bombardment, Tristan. You, and think about this, because you would no more do this now. So you lined up two teams. Let's say there were 15 guys, and it was done on the basketball court. So my 15 stood at one baseline. Your 15 stood at the other baseline. And there were 15 dodgeballs at the half-court line. One of these sadistic gym teachers blew a whistle. And you ran, so speed played a role in arm strength. You ran, you grabbed that dodgeball, and you nailed the other kid. If he caught it, just like dodgeball, you were out. If not, he was, he was out. out. Then every, so you know, you'd hit each other, and you'd winnow down the teams, and then every so often they'd roll a basketball out. You grab the basketball. If you hit a free throw, your entire team was back in. So oh, wow. you would have you would have like 15 on two. I still remember Roger Perkowski. I haven't spoken to him since I graduated high school and I hope Roger's doing well but he was kind maybe I should have changed the name maybe he listens he was, <laughs> he, he was not an athlete he was kind of a wimpy kid and I remember Timmy Tompkins who was a year younger than me and was a great athlete set the Quantic Township High School scoring record Timmy was a great kid and he was a man and he could throw a ball through a through a, a brick wall so we're all feeding Timmy and he's just nailing this fucking Brokowski <laughs> oh, kid no. and the coaches are just laughing they just love it because he's half a fruit and now he's the kid that you know what I mean like you could no more do this now oh god no and it was just a sadistic game and we loved it because I was a decent athlete sure. and we were, it was fun you know but the kids that didn't want to be in gym class oh, they just got picked on and the gym teachers loved that they got picked on right well, one of the things that, you know, you, you learn so much, hindsight is twenty twenty. I love dodgeball, as I imagine you oh, did. Yeah, dodgeball sure. was such a blast. It is. The stories that I've heard and from... the movie was great, too. The, the, one I don't of the, have to drink my own best. urine, <laughs> it's sanitary and I like it. Dodge a wrench and you can dodge a ball. <laughs> uh, but... The stories from girls as I've become an adult about the misery and stress 
and the anxiety that that would cause to sure. come out there, you know, and face the boys. And you don't sit and think like, this is really going to hurt. No. You just grab the ball, throw the ball, right? Like yes. you're just a 12 year old idiot. Yeah, I was going to say you're 16 year old with raging testosterone, right? <laughs> right. It's supposed to be the job of the fucking jag off gym teacher, but he's just as immature as you. Yeah. We knew all those guys. I could name four of them. They right. just love it because yeah. they're idiots themselves. <laughs> no, I will say, I guess the progress that would have been made. Yeah, so a society for the better that we don't do that stuff. I don't know. Well, and from your generation to mine, by the time I got to high school, they would let the females go play like volleyball on the other end of the court. So that for me was probably through the equivalent of middle school. Right. And so the high school girls at least did not suffer that fate. Right. But yeah, I mean, who no, knew now, they hated to, it now, so Now, to bad. be fair, this was all guys. There, this wasn't co-ed. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. This was co-ed. Yeah, no, we earlier. weren't co-ed whacking girls with balls. They did draw <laughs> okay. the line there. This was all guys. Okay. Well, that's, that's we, good. We would play co-ed volleyball, um, and that was fun because, you know, you got to show off. Um, trying to think. There wasn't a whole lot of co-ed. I remember playing volleyball. Um, crab soccer, you ever do that? Never that I you, recall. You had these little scooters, which were dangerous as shit because your hand <laughs> could get on, your fingers could get under the oh, wheels. Oh, no, yeah. It was, so it was just a little four-coaster scooter, and the crab soccer ball was, we've got a little M&M in this studio who's holding up a, a thing about three times the size of him. Oh, just wow. a giant so ball. So a huge ball. And you had to kick it, hence crab. Yeah. So your hands are propelling you on this little scooter, much like this chair, yeah. and you're kicking this ball. Oh, wow. Crab soccer. Yeah, it was nice. a lot of fun, but it was dangerous. That's yeah, somebody, somebody came up with that, you know. Gym, gym class was just so much fun. I, you know, I, I always remember, enjoyed it, yeah. Yeah, I remember when they, like, there's a certain point in high school where it's not automatic, but it's, yeah, you know. absolutely. And I just, like, I couldn't get in it to take the classes I wanted to take, and I was so mad. Now, my brother could speak to this 35-year teacher, I'm, I'm sure. I don't even think you're... I don't think there's any requirement. Like, gym is optional now. It's an really? elective. I think, Tristan. I think. Now, that's ridiculous. Because so many kids were, you know, embarrassed and put off. And I, th I think that's right, Tommy. If I'm wrong, you can correct us. Text me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know. And is that maybe an example of wokeism going a little far? I yes. mean, or is it just too much survival of the fittest and we need to let our little babies that don't want to jog a mile not have to jog a mile? Exactly. Yeah, that's it's a it's a softness. Now I will tell you one bad experience I had. You look at me, Tristan. You <laughs> you look at me, you don't think gymnast. Fair. <laughs> so eighth grade. Uh, Larry Klein was his name. He was that fucking guy. He wore his little shorts and he was in good shape. <laughs> Idiot. Um, maybe Mark, who's a faithful listener, our buddy Mark Watkins. Mark's a great guy. He was the third brother. Mark would remember Larry Klein, I'm sure. This would have been grammar school, uh, middle school here, grammar school up there. And they forced us to do gymnastics. Like one of the few times my parents ever went to school over me because I yeah. told them, no, even as a 13-year-old kid, probably scared to death, I am not running and hitting this fucking pommel or whatever it is because I can't do it. Right. I'm, I can't do it. And he's like, you're going to do it, White. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. So I went yeah. home probably in tears, told my mother. She went to the school. She's like, no, asshole, he's not doing the fucking pommel horse. Right. That's a true story. Wow. Yeah. Like force and just – just to be an asshole, just to force this little fat guy. I don't think I was fat, but I just wasn't coordinated to do gymnastics. You know? Right. Well, and again, wokeism going crazy, and you got out of it, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, it so was an early, that wasn't woke. That I just was wasn't my wokeness. thing. No, right. I just wasn't able to go over the pommel horse or whatever. The, it yeah. was the springboard. You had to hit the springboard. Okay. You had to run and hit the fucking springboard like a diving board, yeah. and then and then put your hands out and go over. I think it was a pommel horse. Wow. Not my style, man. That's, <laughs> you know, I'll throw a baseball all day, but I cannot yeah. go over Doing the fucking pommel horse. Pommel horse.
Yeah, that does not sound fun. Do it, White. I, 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 he used to wear no shoes because he would show off on the mat, and you know he was a pretty buff, dude. And it's like, fuck you, <laughs> you jerk off. Oh, good times. So uh, we got nothing on our show, so we might as well talk about yeah. nostalgic teachers. Well, uh, Vince Maloney. <laughs> I know my I know my 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 boys remember Vince Maloney. He was this little sawed off guinea. And he drove a Corvette, you know. He was he thought he was a stud. And this, can you was, still say Guinea? He, yeah, sure. That, okay. I'm from Jersey, man. Well, <laughs> you know, I've 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 made this conclusion, and I would never have come up with this, Tristan, if not for having lived half my life in one and half my life the other, and now actually more years in Kentucky. The people who are in Jersey Shore, who Jersey Shore depicts, are New Jersey's hillbillies. Yeah, they're fucking ill-informed, ignorant rednecks. Except they don't get called rednecks because they're in the Northeast. But I, they were never my people. Oh, fuck those guineas. They <laughs> they're idiots. Most of them are morons. They're, not yeah. to say there's not some brilliant Italian people, but sure. not the ones who are in that Jersey not the Shore stereotype. Mob. Right? They're morons. Yeah, and they're basically New Jersey's hillbillies. You know, you come down here, you call them a hillbilly because you're in the middle part of the country. They talk like this, so they don't get called hillbillies. But they're fucking. It's, <laughs> the, sa- it's the same people. That's it's funny. the same people, just with different accents. You, you know, one of the fascinating morons. Thing, <laughs> the fascinating thing about racism to me. Wait, I'm not being racist. No, I'm not I'm saying just, you I'm just stating a fact. I'm just, <laughs> sure. All Italians are bad people. No, no, I love Italians. Some are rapists. Some, I assume, are good people. <laughs> There's <No>. a few. <laughs> uh, I mean, you could be president with that that language. The the fascinating They're thing. Almost uh, white. Right. They, well, you're making my point. There was when if you grew up here. Really, the only racism you saw was based on darker skin color. And I think the fascinating thing about racism in New England or, uh, you know, New York City is it becomes you focus in way more on where someone is from. Yeah, as a, the ethnicity. It's not course. really racism, but it's ethnicity. Yes. Yeah, the ethnicity. So, so I never, I, you know, honestly, I probably didn't see much of that until no, college. Not. Well, you know what's funny it, about it that, Tristan? If you ask somebody in the Northeast what their lineage is, they know. I'm German, I'm Irish, I'm Italian, right. whatever. Here, they'll go, uh, I'm Baptist. No, no, I'm asking about what you're made yeah. of. Well, I don't know. I guess I don't really I'm know. White. I'm white. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 There's much less focus on that. Here. Yeah. No so, so yeah, I think as long as, and again, it, it served me well, as long as you're just, you look like a white dude, you're really not going to take much flack for being Jewish or Italian right. or Irish right. or whatever. Right. You don't really get any of that. And I'm, I'm sure it's even lessened up in the Northeast, but yes, there was very, and, and you know, the cities were pockets of, yeah. you know, the gangs of Chinatown New York. And, and, yeah, absolutely. Every, yeah. Absolutely. They were pockets of ethnicity. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So that is fascinating. And so, and so there you again, that gets to the whole birds of a feather thing. You know, is it really that you're ethnically biased again? If I'm an Irish guy, which I am, am I ethnically biased against Italians, against Polish people, against Greeks, or am I just more comfortable with birds of a feather? And it goes back to the melting pot thing here. It, it is nice, at least in Kentucky. It doesn't matter. You can literally be Greek or Italian or whatever. Yeah, as long as you're white. As long as you're not Catholic. When that's a damn that's a damn cult, them Catholics. Yeah. But I think the new racism, and I think what you're seeing is it's turning from we hate black folks or we hate Mexicans or whatever. Really, I think politics is the new racism. Well, I don't like those people wow. that vote different than me. To me, that's, or you the, know. The new prejudice, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that makes more sense than basing it on <laughs> Yeah, race. I think race is still, you know. Largely skin color. We're all Caucasians. Sure. Well, like I say, Italians are almost Caucasians. You must be married to a teacher, correcting and, and, so uh, much. Yeah, 
Well, one of the, speaking of Patty, my lovely wife, the, the the whole Polish stereotype, and it was Rich Albaugh who typed me up on this. Now, Rich grew up in Dayton, Ohio, so so there are pockets of exactly what you're talking about. I'm sure there's neighborhoods in Louisville where this was the Italian neighborhood, this was the Irish, this was the Greek. It's more you're talking more once you get away from the cities into the country. It's white people, but uh, so Rich grew up in Dayton around a lot of ethnic folks. Well, I think it's even more to, to put a finer point on Man, that. Man, you interrupt Probably. me. I never do that. <laughs> I only did it because you've interrupted me three times this show. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you probably see it more in cities like New York where immigrants come immediately. Right. So I Absolutely. bet you wouldn't see it as much in a Louisville or well, a Lexington no, that's as you right. would that's, on a coast. Okay. I mean, all joking aside, that's how those pockets evolve. Right. If you were coming off the ship and you were Irish and, and you know, you look for the fucking... You're going to the place where going, the Irish folks are. Exactly. Of course. Italian, you're going to the Italian. Yeah, yeah. no, that's a great point. But the Polish, uh, I've always said virtually all stereotypes have a reason or you know all stereotypes exist because they represent something they get overblown and they get exaggerated but you know i don't have to get into them you know but the one i always struggled with was the dumb polack because i've known plenty of polish people my father-in-law brilliant man engineer patty my wife is polish and german a little english blood rest of the stereotypes mostly true though and a little jewish blood but yeah but uh you know i polish people to me weren't stupid so i bounced that off alba and rich said this he said no no it's not that they're stupid. It's that they're so stubborn that they come off as stupid. And then the story I always tell, and I'm sure I've told you this, and Patty, thank God, doesn't listen. She gets <laughs> pissed every time I tell it. <clears throat> Spalding. You've been around Spalding your whole life. You know the story. Uh, S-P-A-L-D-I-N-G. Right. And my father-in-law is saying, uh, Spalding has got a U in it. No. No. S-P-A-L-D-I-N-G. Spalding uh, sports, sporting goods. I've been around my whole life. Light goes off my head. Wait a minute. I probably have a Spalding ball in the fucking garage so i walk out i take it trison i hand it to the man may he rest in peace he looks at it now at that point what do you say oh i guess you're right guess i'm wrong <laughs> not him yeah oh this must be a, a misprint you see, you're so fucking stubborn that you come off as stupid. Yes, see, I guess I would just that's throw funny. that. In. I think that's just that's a female trait to me. I, I see. I mean, women are so stubborn. I'm, I'm malleable. So are Polish malleable? people. <laughs> I, mean, I say Irishmen are stubborn too, but I I, I, I don't know. There's a I lot of stubborn. But you probably couldn't just relate that to, to any individual. You no, know, I don't think so. Stubbornness is yeah, it's pretty yeah, and it's it, probably, ubiquitous. You know, that's actually it's pretty ubiquitous. I like that. See, now you they say if you can use a word three times, I not to be apocryphal. The actual let's see the actual dictionary definition. This is where the Google is is good of stubborn because it's it's one of those words that everybody knows, but. Can you give the actual, you know, so here we go. So stubborn would be having or showing dogged determination not to change one's attitude or position on something, especially in spite of good arguments or reasons to do so. A stubborn refusal to learn from experience. So that's where it does kind of become almost stupid, because what this is saying is, you don't learn. Uh, from we've made a good argument here and you're so fucking stubborn. You just can't see it. Yeah. Which is a pretty nice segue to some of the messages that you have uh, read over the week, right? Oh, some my the, brother. Yeah. Yeah, he sends some interesting stuff, huh? A smart guy, man. What oh, a, fuck. Don't a, say that on air. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Tristan. I don't know him. I don't have to see him at Thanksgiving, but... No, he's, no he's a very intelligent dude. Um, yeah, I've been sending Tristan a little bit of um, the tit for tat that my uh, sister and brother... Uh, go back and forth on. I throw stuff in here and there. They tend to go on a little longer than me. But you want me to just read one? Yeah, I would love it. So 
so this is my MAGA sister and my certainly left of center school teacher brother, 35 years. My sister is a, a wonderful person. She's had a tra- tra- several tragedies in her life, one of which was a son who overdosed and has been confined to a wheelchair. And Rini has just done marvelous things for this young man. He's a great kid. She's at her heart a good person, but she is definitely caught in the MAGA movement. And, you know, Joe Biden is just a drooling piece of shit. So based on that, so they're arguing about, you know, and she's always uh, inflation is up a thousand percent. I can't pay Bill one and we're going broke and Biden doesn't give a shit. All right. So Tommy sends inflation rate is in the two per three, uh, two to three percent range over the last thirty years in America. Currently at three point four percent. At the post COVID height, it was around nine percent, from which it has steadily declined. It's definitely taking time for folks to see this in the world, but it's the facts. If you think the spike's a product of Biden policies, you need to look at global infa- inflation rates over that same period. One can examine that factually as an informed citizen in a democracy, or one can just yell, "Inflation is up two hundred fifty percent," and I'm worried about how much worse it can get. And this is the problem for Biden. Facts are boring. Drama, anger, passion, hate, controversy, hyperbole, those sell. It's the Fox business plan as well as the fundamental principle of all Donald Trump rhetoric. So the Biden administration has a real challenge in the face of that. The challenge? How do you reach a large segment of the populace that lives in, at best, a fact-free world, but many in a world of alternative facts? How do you reach a large segment of the populace that exclusively consumes a major media source that has admitted in court and has been been found guilty and paid a price that it lies to its viewers because the anger those lies provoke drives its ratings man he just nails that and i would even argue i think he focuses changes the subject of course well he focuses a lot on fox news and i think to as that that's I. good as as, when it's a good but i watch it it's Tris, a good and i think tommy does yeah. we know what we're speaking so about. it's a good single scapegoat but i would also throw out there that folks that are in that bubble that's the videos that YouTube is going to show you. That's what you're going to see on TikTok. That's what fa- like once your algorithm is set on all these sites, that's all you're going to see. So, yes, it's fake news, but it's also every other time they click on their phone, gotcha. they're going to see something yeah, they see, agree that's with. That's your world. You know that. I mean, right. you do that. Yeah. And and so I mean, and even you may not be aware of how exposed individuals are inside that bubble. I mean, we talk about the bubble, but I think at least, and we're in it, we're in our Democrat bubble a little bit, but at least we are aware of it. I think the problem is a lot of these people don't even realize they're being manipulated. They just assume this is reality. And it's just, it's a Trump world. Like these people that come out, that came out last election. I don't even know anybody that voted for Joe Biden. What do you mean? You, you know, you're not asking around or people don't want to argue with you, but like people are so blinded to this bubble and I think you at least have to be aware of it. At least be aware of the, you know, these fucking echo chambers. It's frightening. Extremely. And there's no good answer about how to fix it. And it's just going to get worse with AI. But there is a huge paradox, which is go back to the early 90s. And again, so to exonerate myself, I tell tell this story. Braille's born in 1991, our beautiful daughter. And Patty's Uncle Dick... Honest to God, last name is Reach, R-E-A-C-H. First name's Richard, so his name was Dick Reach. Nice. That is the truth on my mother's grave. He's never been made fun of a day in his life. Dick Reach? Yeah, so far. Uh, Dick Reach. He gave us a computer. He gave us a desktop. A big clunky old fucking monitor. Now, this is 91. It's not like the computer age is new, new, right? PCs haven't really blown up. Yours truly says to Patty... What do we need a computer for? We need a fucking computer? What the hell? Not, thanks, Uncle Dick, but we really, okay. So that's how on board I was. But 
when they were selling the internet, Trison, in the mid-90s, they were selling it on this was going to be the greatest piece of freedom. It was going to be liberating. It was going to expand everybody. It was going to put everybody in touch. You know what it's done? You know what the paradox is? It's allowed people to go into that bubble and stay there. A hundred percent. And let me throw this out there. That would be your first experience with Dick on a computer, but it wouldn't be your last. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, you know, Mars said that the internet was a CB radio you could jerk off to. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> but no, it, it is true. I mean, it makes us farther apart. I mean, go to any restaurant on any night of the week and look at the table sitting right next to you, four or five adults staring at their phones, not oh, conversing. Fuck, it drives me nuts. I, I, I fuck the restaurant with my son. So Raymond yeah. and I, have you seen Reacher? I would recommend it if you haven't. It's Prime Video. Like so this Jack guy's, Reacher? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Guys, I, there's, yeah. Guys, I'm like with you, I haven't seen it. Brick shithouse. We watched the first season. Fucking monster of a dude, but he's very bright. So yeah. it's, it's, it's fun because he's not just Rambo. He's not a fucking right. moron. Little MacGyver in there, too. A little bit of MacGyver in there, too. Right. So, But we're watching this fucking show, and he's got his phone. And I'm like, Raymond, give me your phone. You know, oh, no, Dad, I get no. You can't watch the. And, and to be fair to Ray, I think he probably did put it down and watch Reacher because he, he he does listen some. So he'll be like, Dad, I didn't do that. But if we're watching a, a a football game, which I get, you know, you can do both, but but you can't really do both. You can do one or the other. And it, it's just on the phone constantly, man. It's 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 a it's attached to him, Raymond. You it's know, amazing. He's twenty, whatever he is now. No, well, I, he'll be, fuck, Tristan. Raymond's birthday is Saturday, the twenty seventh of January. He's born in ninety five, so he'll be twenty nine, man. Wow, Ray will be twenty nine. Is that right? Ninety five, oh five, yeah, fifteen, twenty five, exactly right. thirty next year, buddy. Wow. Yeah, twenty nine. That just makes but, but me feel grew, so old. You know, so he's had that phone with him since he was ten, twelve. Yeah. Uh, 15 at the latest. So it, it has become, you know, he'll talk about separation anxiety. Like, if I really want to wig him out, he gets up, take a leak, I'll take his phone. I don't know, right? God damn it, give me my phone. I completely agree and relate to that. Yeah. yeah. And I would say 50% of the TV we watch at home, it's like half of it is like phone TV where it's you don't have to really pay attention. Which I guess a sporting event would fall into. Sporting event, a movie we've already seen, you know, office rerun that happens to be on. Right, but, right, right. You know, right. but it, it does become harder to separate when you're watching a new movie, 10 minutes that are kind of boring and you're kind of reaching for it. And so, yeah, I get it, man. And I, and that also, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know that there's going to be an awakening where we all say, oh, I'd rather just not look at my phone for four straight hours. I don't see it. I don't either because it becomes everything we used to do without it. I'm going to call the weather and see what the weather is. Tell me, you remember the weather phone? So you would do something like that and you're, you know, you would, uh, you know, go get a Playboy magazine or whatever. And now the millions of things, I hate that that was the second example I came up with, but everything you used to do now is sort of compacted into a phone and it really is. I remember sad. phone sex. I tried it once, got a fucking ear infection. I remember that. Uh, but it is funny that I, I've often said that the, rule the etiquette book was never written on cell phones like we didn't have them in 95 and they were ubiquitous ubiquitous in 2000 yeah right and it's quite not quite that but it is yeah so you know what i'm old school i get it i get it i'm an old crusty curmudgeon soon to be dead so okay that's fine but <laughs> happy thoughts somebody somebody i'll give you plenty of those somebody <laughs> somebody gets into your car and i know i know i'm gonna sound like a curmudgeon just like i don't think a six-year-old should call you trizen or should call me ray or buzz they should call you mr reynolds and mr white why because a fucking six-year-old and a 42-year-old aren't equal so don't pretend they are 
Okay. Fair. Off my soapbox, but still on it. Um, that's fair. Somebody gets into your car, and immediately they're on their phone talking to someone else. What's the message they're telling you? Everything is more important than you are. Absolutely. I right. have no interest in what you have to say. Bingo. Yeah. It's, it is true. And, and I find myself, you know, I, I will trade cars periodically, as you know, and I'll have somebody that's going to you know, <laughs> run me to Richmond or Lexington or something to pick up a car. And, and you know, and I try to make a, a conscious effort. Like, I'm not going to get in the car and grab the phone. We're going to go 10 miles. We'll see if a conversation breaks out. Right. Now, maybe if not, and One I get a battery text, from a conversation breaking out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, well, uh, again, it's just, it's the, it's the phone etiquette. You just want everybody to sort of understand the deal with there, it. And there's none. There's no. not. How about the guy in the in the walking through this? Hey, how you doing? You know, he's fucking yelling. See, I didn't do a southern right. accent. I did a northern. There you go. He's yelling as he's going through the street. <laughs> we don't give a shit about your dinner tonight or what. Right. And how often do you run into these people? It's like, a lot. are you are you talk about being in a bubble? Yeah. Are you just completely immune. I would no more be talking on my phone with people around me than God damn yeah. man. And I had that happen recently. I was in line at a bank and I got a call from a client that I've been waiting to get a call from, and and I was you know I'm guilty of taking the call but apologize like 10 times because i get how rude it is but i still took the call <laughs> yeah, money so, there. and sometimes yeah exactly well, apologize to who the the bank teller oh okay. yeah i was like well, i'm so sorry i've waited for that call but yeah God, that was great last night honey can you wear those heels again oh i'm sorry i'm very you know i don't mean to embarrass you oh and that it's a nice segue to uh to ron DeSantis being out of the gone talking about it talking about heels right gone yeah, yeah. right with his Oversized. It just—you have to have some charisma in this age. Boy, he, and I suppose you always did have. He to didn't have, have much. Not yeah, much. he was. I mean, Trump's loaded with charisma. God bless him. He's well, very, very charismatic. Yeah, and the media sort of latched on to making fun of him, and they did. Nobody they? really came to his aid. Like they did. Fox News didn't care. Fox News didn't throw back out because they I never think did because well, they carry Trump's water. That's a great right. point, Tristan. Yeah. Well, he got pissed at the end, and he basically said Fox has protected Trump when he was. I would when agree it, with when that. it was obvious that he wasn't going to be the guy, and he could finally say a few things, and it was like, man, he's got those people over there. You're, that's a great point. They yeah. never came to his aid. Yeah. And if you don't have Fox come into your aid, you're fucked. Yeah. And again, I think he just was Trump light. And why do you want Trump light if you can still have the fucking original Trump? Right. So and now, and is there any future for Nikki Haley? No, I don't mean is I don't I mean specifically in this twenty twenty four what what VP maybe no uh, no I mean can she hang in is there any way that she takes the nomination from Trump uh, to me I keep uh, and I don't know the timeline on a lot of these trials my thought if you'd asked me this four months ago I would have said if some of these verdicts start rolling in and aren't in his favor while she's still hanging in it could make a huge deal but it just feels like to where we're at in the campaigns like he's going to be the guy when these start rolling in so she's already probably a couple weeks away from being out right and here's the weird thing i think there's a nevada primary but it's a kind of a weird one i don't know if she's on the ballot or something so the next big one is south carolina at the end of february third week of february maybe and they talk about trump having a 40 point lead tristan she was the governor of south carolina if you go to your home state and get beaten by anything above 10 digits, you may as well just say, fuck it, I'm done. Completely, yeah. They, they always talk South Carolina, she was the governor, for Christ's sakes. Right. If you can't win that, then I think it's over. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty fair. Yeah, she's she's done, if not. And I, I don't know. I mean, it, because it feels like Trump's campaign is impervious to anything, anything. that would have killed, you know, every, <laughs> everybody you, else. You know, like Ron DeSantis took shit for his smile, right? Like he didn't smile very good. 
and Donald Trump literally raped a lady, was found guilty well, uh, of, of... Well, I guess I was going to say allegedly, but they did find him guilty. He right? was, was found it, guilty of, of, of uh, yes. rape. So what's... Rape, rape? Like, I mean, what's it? So what is... This is terrible, and I'm not defending rape or rapist. As a rapist, con- let me what, say... Yeah, goddammit. <laughs> what constitutes rape? Is it the penetration of your thing into her thing? I believe that, yeah, it would probably be forcible insertion into any hole would be my layman definition of rape. So, and that's, he was found guilty of that. Correct. Well, not guilty in a criminal trial. I think guilty in a civil trial. Civil trial, right. Liable, I guess, is what they But evangelicals, evangelicals love them. No big deal. It was back in a time when rape was kind of considered okay, right? It was the 70s or the 80s or whatever. Like, it, it does make That's you, that E.G. and Carroll woman? Yeah. No. And and that, that's the hard thing about that. I mean, there's... No pun intended. <laughs> oh, my God. There's, every, there's a million things that, that Biden could do that we would say, all right, let's find some new blood. Like the fact that you can just overlook that. I don't know. It's just amazing. Well, I can't. Okay. So we just read that piece from my brother and kind of lauded at him. 20 summer of 2015. We're up at Lake George. Trump has already come down the escalator. We're up there having a beer and that story breaks, which you talk about a place that's nice to go to because the, uh, uh, Cell service is very intermittent, so you kind of have to stand in one corner of the fucking deck with your foot in the air. And so I just say, fuck it, we're not, we're going to go without. But we had gotten news that the story had broken where he said that, uh, you know, he didn't respect McCain because he got captured and I don't like. Uh, right. So Tommy says, he's done, as any normal fucking politician would right. be. Yes, I agree. He's finished. Okay, so it was fun. Trump was a flash in the pan. He said something stupid like that, and he's done. Now he's gone. Not done. No. no. Michael Myers, is that him? Yeah, that that's it. The, the Jason Voorhees Jesus of politics. Christ. Well, the, the comment even that he had now just makes me roll over my grave as somebody that considers himself patriotic when he went to give the speech at Arlington and said, looked at the, the graves and said, bunch of losers, because they died. And, you know, how can you as a, this patriotic, I've got a big American flag up going to be like, yeah, I could get behind that. So people, I guess you said it last week in last week's show with role play. It's his honesty. He says things that nobody else perceived. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's so straightforward with us. Boy, talk about another paradox. <sighs> Donald Trump is so straightforward. So he's so he's amazingly articulate and amazingly straightforward in his complete bullshit. Yeah, that's kind of true. Well, I think the the interesting thing about that is he really does kind of tell you the truth on some things. Like he really is giving you the honest truth about things like, oh, you know, when he says something like, you know, women are attracted to fame or whatever, like I'm sure there's some truth there, oh, right? There like yeah. he walks into a bar and probably cleans up as a rich guy. Right. Look, and we all know that's true. So then when he turns back around and says something like, oh, well, that's fake news, you know, I, I never, you know, whatever. Well, I believe him for saying that because he was also pretty real about, you know, when he was talking about women and money, for example. Right. So people now take him or his supporters take him as preaching the gospel when it's obvious he's full of shit, but he's giving you enough nuggets of truth about things. Maybe other politicians never have that makes them feel like they're getting, I'm getting the real scoop here. Yeah. I think there's a, I think there's a huge part of it that yeah, these people find him. Okay. So they found him like refreshing in 16, but how in the fuck eight years later, nine years later, because he started in 15, is he still viable? That's the head scratcher, man. And I think it is just so that are we, pocket. Are, do you and I miss something? We're, we're left to center, guys. We, I, and I know we did this role-playing last week, but <laughs> but on a serious note. So are we at fault? What do we miss? Tom, you're my brother, same thing. I mean, I'm a smart guy, obviously. Like, 
are we all missing something? Are we missing something that's happening in, in uh, amongst common folk that we don't get? We're common folk. What are we missing? Well, the only thing that I would say on that, I know you weren't asking me, but I'll answer. Uh, I am asking you. There's only Tom. you and I here. I can't <laughs> I talk you said to myself, Tom. but I'm trying. Well, no, I, I mean, Tom, we referenced my brother Lott. He's a bright guy, but obviously he scratches his head as to how this guy's still viable. Well, I, I just think, again, it comes down to that 35% of of. Trump, Trump folks. And I saw an interview. A guy said this. This was, I forget the show I was watching. And again, he doesn't represent everybody, but he probably represents a good swath of Trump country. And they said, you know, what could Trump do? You know, seemed like a smart enough guy. And he was just like, man, I'm just in it at this point. Like, there's really nothing he could do. When he said he could kill somebody in, in Times Square, Fifth Avenue or whatever, he could because I feel like he has my best interest at, at heart. It. And when when that So that's that's a huge it's part. emotional. It's just an emotional sure it is. thing. It's a cult. There's no logic there. There's no, you know, it doesn't go back to, well, my taxes were this, my taxes are that, my health care was this, the economy is that. Nobody that's voting in that thirty five percent of Americans that love Trump more than anything, none of them are, are holding him accountable on paper and going, Well, you know, what was you know, my four oh one K at this point and you know how would he fix that? That's not the appeal. And even if it was off, it's somebody else's fault. Trump was working in my right. behalf. Somebody exactly. else. Somebody else. Joe Biden sticking it to me, not Donald Trump. Yeah. No, it just feels like, you know, this guy, you know, that's wife cheats on him all the time. And you're like, bro, we saw her going into this guy's house. Nah, not my wife. I don't believe that for a second. That's fake news. You know, it is kind of just that. I want my life to not change. I don't want to believe I'm being cheated on. So I'm going to believe what I want to believe. And Mm -hmm. it's like they like Donald Trump in an emotional way. And that's just the way they feel. They don't have to explain it to you. And they, I guess they don't. But I think on the left, the more in the left side you get, you start seeing more logic. And I'm going to look at this and I'm looking at that. And, you know, taking away a woman's right to choose on any abortion and seeing some of these stories in Texas where a woman could die if she doesn't get an abortion. And they're like, sorry, you're not dead enough to really have this abortion. And so I think that's a common sense appeal. If you watched Bill Maher's uh, uh, end of his show this week. I did. The, it, it was new rules. Yeah, it was a kind of a common sense new rules talking about like we need to get our sanity back as a country. And he hit both sides. Sure. But the, the side he was hitting on the Republicans was the abortion side. And, and Fox didn't show that. They love Mar until of course. Then. Yeah, that's it. But it, it, it was a great, a great point. But I think again, at the end of the day, it just you know the thing about like your sister, great woman, but she's in. She's she's on she's the in. Trump train. There's nothing she's he's going to do. Nothing. Fox News or whoever is going to give her an answer to everything we say against him. Right. Oh, he raped somebody. I don't believe it. I right. think that's just the media looking for this and that. That's and, it. You know. So yeah, you can have an answer for everything. And I think to prove you're right about that is with each indictment, his poll numbers went up. Right. Because it's like they're picking on him. Our guy's being picked on. Our yeah. guy's being beaten up. We got to step in and support our guy. And he plays to it fucking oh. beautifully. He's a master violinist with playing on people's sympathies. Oh, my God. And, and there's never been a, a more grievance candidate to be. Never been a more grievance Tough candidate. guy. And I'm the one that can save us. Like, boy, people are mean to him an awful lot. It's a, it's a draconian view of America. It's American carnage, as they, as they labeled his inauguration speech back in 16. I mean, yeah. everything was broken. Everything is broken. Everything's not broken in America. And, oh, by the way, why do you hate it? So fuck, it's a great country. Why do you think everything in it is broken? You've lost faith with the FBI, with the Supreme Court, with the judicial. You've lost faith with everything. That's the country that this guy is going to save you from. Well, first of all, that's not the country we're in. Things are working fine. Fine. You know, are there issues? Sure, there's issues. Always going to be fucking issues. There were and there will be. But nothing's broken. Things are cool. You know, 
I don't, I don't, you know. I mean, crazy. you could throw the old Republican adage at him. If it's so goddamn bad, go to a different country, That's right? right. Leave like, it, if America man. is so broken, and, and yeah, and the fact that these migrants Canada are pouring you. over the wall and, yeah. and, you know, taking your job, then sure. yeah, just zip zip on down to another country. No, and go to Haiti for a few weeks. Right. Yeah. See how that is. Yeah. So, no, it's, and, and, and I don't, and I think that's why uh, apparently, you know, the Biden campaign is going to run on primarily two issues abortion which we all get why because it's a wedge issue and it works you know people say why uh, you know these damn democrats won't stop talking about abortion no they won't so get used to it there's how many months now to the election 10 yeah Feb- february march april may june july august september october november thank god i got fingers <laughs> so so 10 months right you're going to hear abortion 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 you're going to hear january 6th and the end of democracy because that's a, an emotional issue but i think they've decided that you know that's where we're going to uh, play. That's the field we're going to play on because the facts and the figures, like you were talking about, man, they they get old and they're hard. It's hard to explain why your four hundred one k is doing better under Biden than it was under Trump. They don't really care about that, right? Yeah, it, it's hard it, to talk facts, right? But but I mean, the people that are going to decide the election are six percent of the uh, population, Trizen, and there's a little bit of good news for Uncle Joe. Again, it's a snapshot. It's ten months off, as we just said. But he is now leading Trump in the swing states of Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, and it's basically 50-50 in Michigan. So if Joe Biden wins those three states, it's game, set, match. Right. And it does feel like... there's no way for Trump to get to 270. Yeah. And I think cooler heads will... You know, who knows? A lot can happen. And oh, Joe God. Biden is it's old. Eternity. So it is still kind of scary as a, as a Democrat. But you do feel like smarter folks will... I don't want to... That sound like an elitist prick. But smarter folks will say... Which is at what the, they call you, at the, which is what my sister right. says all the time to my, my brother and myself. But at, well, elitist, it, well, elitist, elitist. Yeah, li- I'm a fucking elitist. I run a bowling alley <laughs> in the middle of... A, a bowling alley, one of the most blue-collar entities that there is, bowling, in fucking Richmond, Kentucky, one of the reddest of red states. I'm not exactly an Elon Richie Musk. Richie Rich over I'm here. I'm not exactly an Elon Musk company. mansion. Well, well... <laughs> And, and let me make the point that I made talking to a, to a group of my college buddies a week or so ago when we were talking about some of this stuff. If you're getting down to brass tacks and you're being completely honest about presidents, like, and I can say this having had the same job for about 20 years, it really doesn't matter who the president right. is. Most of the like, most of your right. daily, nothing really changes all that much. But this is why, to me, this election matters, is that, yeah, if Donald Trump is president, versus joe biden being the president like are you gonna have to get out of bed six hours earlier and make less money if either man wins probably not but with one of those people there's a chance that democracy as we know it will go away and our vote will never count again even if that's a small chance and even if that is if i'm being exaggeratory and i don't feel like i am but even if that's the case and it's a very small chance I mean, laws were put in place after January 6th to strengthen somebody's ability to overthrow the government for a fucking reason. Because we know somebody is saying, I've never lost. It's all rigged. It's all fake. He's not going to get in there. And, you know, all of a sudden, every vote matters. And I'm not going to say this anymore. And it's all about congratulations, Joe. You beat me fair and square. Right. Here's a handshake. I'm here to help help the the country any way I can. Absolutely not. So to me, that is scary. And. That's the ultimate truism. But even before you get there, here, here's my reason for not voting for Trump. And I've said this about Donald Trump. I think me, you, and my brother, or Mark go out and 
Mr. Trump's invitation at one of his golf courses and you're not talking about politics, you're telling ribald jokes and he doesn't drink, but you and I are having a beer. I think you have a good day. I think he's a guy's guy. I think he's a, a personable enough guy. A little locker room talk, maybe. A little locker room talk. But here's the problem. You just said the president really doesn't affect your life that much. That's the nice thing about ha- the nicest thing about having Joe Biden president. You don't have to think about it. This guy's in your face for the next four years because that's just who he is this bigger than life character and you just are fucking exhausted so leave aside the actual threat of the loss of democracy which oh by the way is pretty important and just think do i really want to deal with this motherfucker for four more years god no i don't i just don't want him on my television in my ear all the time it's nice to be the president do your thing i'll watch the state of the union i mean you and i are different because we're hobbyists but for the average joe they don't give a fuck about the president but this guy trump he's gonna make sure you do well he he already proved it and wasn't it even stressful for republicans because it it just felt like 100 percent constantly every day it was something to worry about and complain about does not love donald trump well and, and i think they've always said and i completely believe this you get these people behind closed doors and i'm not talking about your really right wing marjorie taylor greens 80% of your House and Senate Republicans behind closed doors do not like Donald Trump. No, but I put some of the onus on them, Trizen, because they had opportunities. They had an opportunity to vote for that impeachment. And you know what they kept saying? They kept saying, and the the moderates, the Mitch, not that Mitch is even moderate, but he's moderate by the MAGA crazy standard. Yeah. Um, He's a reasonable man. He's a good politician. He knows the game. He's been there a long time. Indeed. But they, he gathered his troops because the people listened to McConnell, and he said, hey, you know what? This January 6th thing, this guy's done. He stood on the Senate floor and said, one of the reasons I'm not voting for impeachment is because we have a criminal justice system that can take care of this. Okay. So they had their opportunities, but they didn't want to offend those MAGA people. They didn't want to get them too pissed off because they're going right. to need them somewhere down the road. So they tried to cut that middle ground, and Trump stuck it right up their ass and broke yeah. it off. And now they're stuck with him again. There's a lot of buck passing, and at some point, the buck has to stop, and people have to stand up and say, look, this is not right. This is not normal. We need a functioning normal government. It's, it's not you and me that, <laughs> that have given us Donald Trump. It's Republicans. That's it. So they got to deal with them. Sponsors? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's uh, take a little break and let Troy rally up the sponsored folks and uh, give us a minute, and we will be right back. Hi, this is Tony with We Do Epoxy, and I'm looking for ugly floors. I mean, so ugly, dirt won't stick to it. We can take your ugly garage, basement, porch, or patio and turn it into a work of art in just a couple of days. Is your garage floor so ugly you keep the door closed to prevent anyone from seeing it? We Do Epoxy can fix that. Stop living with ugly concrete. Call me today at 859-582-7920. That's Tony at 859-582-7920. That was fun. I love hearing commercials uh, from our sponsors. I Hey, they're great guys. I just hear cha-ching, great cha-ching, yes, cha-ching. Yes. Oh, we are getting wealthy off this. Now, that's Richie Rich. <laughs> well, hey, that, and that's what your sister's talking uh, about is our you know, our sponsor money. Monetize, monetizing this thing. <laughs> How about Jon Stewart coming back to uh, <gasps> The Daily Show? Now, I, I think he's just going to host Monday nights. Monday nights, yeah. Which there's precedent for. Rachel Maddow only does Monday nights on MSNBC. I think um, I think Chris Hayes, you know him, looks mm-hmm. like Maddow's brother. Yeah. Uh, I think Jen Psaki has his show on Monday night. Do you find her attractive, Jen Psaki? Saki. In an odd way, she was. I don't the, think she's ugly. Yeah, she, she's yeah, she's fine looking. She's got an an odd attraction, and she seems smart. And yeah, like, maybe that's yeah. the attraction. Yeah, yeah, like that definitely attracted to her Yeager, brain to be uh, like, another friend of ours. Matt told me one time, "You like attractive. You're attract. You're not. You're. A, I'd like attractive women, but you're attracted to intelligent women." I was like, "Ah, that could be." 
But um, yeah, so so John's going to host on Monday nights, but that's going to be must see TV. Oh my God, I cannot wait. Right. And his Apple show is great, but it's kind of a pain in the ass to get to Apple and then it is. And find. I think they just ended it. Oh, okay, yeah, makes sense. I think they ended it. He, well, he was. Uh, he, excuse me. He he cited loss of creative con- continuity because it was because it's Apple and it's Silicon Valley, and he's like these fucking jokers are trying to tell me well, I'm not doing that. I'm well, sorry. have you seen the? There's a clip on. Uh, I'm sure it's everywhere, but I saw it on TikTok, and it's uh, John Stewart's talking. I'm gonna fuck it up, but John Stewart's talking to this guy, and he's kind of it's a kind of gotcha question about how inflation isn't that bad and corporations are kind of fucking people over and the guy's kind of argument is it's supply and demand and john's kind of saying no it's a fucking monopoly and you guys are taking advantage of consumers and basing it oh, on this COVID. guy's on behalf of big companies right okay and so he probably a specific company and he's like oh right. so well then the guy which is a good point says well you're gonna say that and apple's profits over this period of time and you know john's boss and john's like you're fucking right i'm saying it includes apple so i think <laughs> that there was a bit of a go. yes that does include <laughs> Can't and, bite the hand that feeds you, right? And I, so I would bet that probably had a bit to do with. I'm that. sure. So it's a great clip, but you know, uh, credit to him for being honest in lieu of his boss. And it's a huge coup, a coup for Comedy Central. I guess Paramount owns it because uh, he's John Stewart. And the, and and to your point about Trevor Noah, like him well enough, it was never it never attained the Stewart. Oh no, not space. even close to me. You're right. He, you know, he's a Trevor's a smart guy, attractive guy. For me, he, I never what found him say, that funny. I, I mean, I date him, but no. <laughs> I date him. I just don't want to I hear I date him. Up. He just wouldn't make me laugh. <laughs> like you might make him I'd, laugh. I'd poke his little dimples, but like I couldn't, you know. No, he's you know. a good-looking dude. He's, yeah, his Swedish dad and an African mom. There you go. Yeah, mixed race people can be very pretty. Of course, but never really to me. Also, it felt like the the work that Stewart put into the show was never put into it. It felt like oh, some wow. of the the pieces that he would, you know, that yeah. Stewart would really they would go deep on proving somebody wrong and really have a lot of good facts and points. Trevor never got there with that, and I never found him that funny. And so really, to me it was kind of the, the person who does that better than any is John Oliver. Oh well, Stewart and Oliver. I think, yeah, but I, I mean, think Oliver was schooled on by Stewart. Oh, no, no doubt. But I do think John Oliver took it to another place, which is that he does twenty minutes of actual New York Times sixty minutes kind of investigative but, journalism, yes, but it's done with this fucking joke every few minutes and it's yeah. like but this guy's really going deep and just 100%. skewering these people yeah and just slicing them up with a smile yeah kind of a goofy nature it's amazing pretty amazing yeah, yeah. And, and not to belittle what john oliver does it's a phenomenal yeah, no no it's yeah it's pretty wild. but it will be nice to see what stewart's able to do without the the headache of having to do it every night to be able to well, put together a show too. once a week i agree with that he will really be able to go deep kind of like oliver does yes. and i think yes it's yeah. going to be a really yeah well more mar works on that I've, I've read that mars writers do his opening monologue and they do that bit halfway through and obviously write him a few jokes but the new rules is his he works on new rules that's nice. his thing yeah that's awesome and, and maybe and actually maybe some of the earlier jokes and new rules the writers do but the monologue at the end is okay mars. Nice. Like a priest writing a sermon. He does that closing bit. Very cool. Now, what was so back to him, and I didn't say it. I, maybe I'll watch it tonight on demand, but um, what was he skewering on the left for? The same old too much mokeness and that kind of stuff? Exactly. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. I think there was a. Get your head he, out of your ass. He, well, he played a clip. Uh, so it was, uh, I guess there was a trans woman in that went into a woman's prison with a penis, and he had impregnated like three or four of the no. inmates while he was in there. And he's no. like, 
basically it's not common sense to put somebody with a dick in a female prison whether she identifies as a female or not is that true it was yeah i mean i i haven't fact checked it but typically what they give you is is reality i think i told you last week and i apologize for repeating the new disney movie about the transgender whale no called maybe dick (laughs) two for two Wow, that's crazy. All right, man, somehow we're so you, close on another hour. Yeah. What, what, what do you got, man? I haven't let you get, you got a page of notes. I haven't let you get to one. I've only, actually, I've really only got, I've got the sponsors I'm written here and two out, things. Oh, I, okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, every day I'm going to write out a big, uh, you know, a big bunch. I don't. So I wanted to, to read the, the Limbaugh quote that my Rush? cousin sent me. Rush? It was a quote about Rush. Okay. Not we a, haven't mentioned Rush in a long time. It's been a while. Uh, which may, may he rest in peace. Kind of makes the point of the comment. Okay. Did, did you read it? No. I, I, it over. I, I, no, you sent it to me. I, I never did. saw it. So oh, you, I'm you sorry. Out. So, yeah, if you can entertain How, how long ago back did you send me a Limbaugh quote? It's been... I don't, maybe I saw it and didn't realize it was Limbaugh. Shit, it's been, well, it's again, been a minute. Limbaugh didn't say it. It was a quote... Said about him? About Limbaugh. Okay. And if I can find it, I, I really found it fascinating... Um, but so yeah, I wanted to get your thoughts on it. But let me see if I can. Find you want me it. to sing? Could yeah, somewhere over the rainbow. Say, you know what I'll do, Tristan? I'll sing by the window. You can help me out. Okay, I like it. I'll sing tenor. Perfect. Ten, ten or twenty miles from here. <laughs> I'll sing solo. Solo, you don't hear. I can. I'll be. I'm here all week, folks. No. Try the lobster tail. <laughs> uh, do you remember what it was? Oh my gosh! I, I just. I would rather read it because it's probably two paragraphs, and it was pretty good. Man, I don't think I got it unless, unless, um, you know, unless it was uh, something that I read and forgot. But I, no, I don't think so because we usually. Yeah, th- Tristan, I will say this about Tristan, which goes to having his phone on him. You text Tristan, and you instantly have a reply. There ain't no waiting around. Where I no, I don't true. even have my text notifications on. So when my brother and sister are going at it, I will often now, now they've backed off a bit, but Tristan, there were times where I would open up my phone and there'd be 57 messages where the two of them, it was just the two of them going back and forth. Wow. Yeah, wow indeed. So no, but that and that is something that comes from my job. So like I keep it on and maybe that's just an excuse and I'm completely addicted to it, but maybe a little of both, but yeah, to that point it's very rare that I just, you know, I don't get back to a text message within an hour. So do you think, sure. even leaving you out of it, just generally in society, you think it, it's reached a point where it could be called an addiction? Oh, one Phone? million percent. No shit. Completely agreed. Yeah, wow. that, that's a, it's an addiction. And, and, and I think I may have invented this quote in my mind, so I don't think it actually exists or ever existed. Ah, I found it. Okay. Ah, it does exist. I'm not crazy. So my cousin Ricky sent me this uh, beautiful human being. I love Ricky. Um, and I'll, yeah, so I'll get your thoughts on it. And this I found on your text message, so I did send it to you. It said, thinking about Rush Limbaugh and how now that he's dead, you never, ever hear about him. No one mentions anything he did because what he did had no value. It contributed nothing worthwhile to the culture, nothing of lasting value. He just made anger every day, rising, blooming, and fading like a fart. Then he died and was instantly replaced by a fleet of little replicas, farting fake fury five days a week, creating nothing of interest to anyone or artistic value to anyone. Seriously, what an awful way to make a living. Uh, Beautiful the Rush Limbaugh was cut off. I remember reading it and I was like, wow, that's an interesting quote, but who exactly is it about? Now, I have said for years that we find ourselves, and maybe this is given a guy who, again, rest in peace, who was no more than a glorified disc jockey, the very lowest of the entertainment ladder. Sure. DJs. Yeah. 
<laughs> DJs, having been one, very low. Right. Everybody looks at DJs and with now a the podcast eye. host. Is yeah, okay. the only so step below. Host. Yeah, that's the bottom. Right, yes, right, right. Podcast host now DJs. Yeah, DJs get a step yeah. up. Fair point. Yeah. but I didn't realize that was about Limbaugh. But I've said for years, and again, perhaps giving far too much credit to Rush, you could almost argue that he's the guy that started this whole thing that wound up with the Tea Party movement and the MAGA movement and Donald Trump because Rush came on every day facts be damned it was an emotional and and honestly it was in listening to Limbaugh and just like Fox News listen to Limbaugh a lot because I want to know sure. what there's being represented listen to a lot of Rush and never put anybody on who was in opposition every caller was screened to make sure they agreed with him yeah. you know, make him look good right so there was no give and take whatsoever and he didn't want that it wasn't about give and take it was about sure. I'm right you're wrong here's why I'm right here's why you're wrong and it led to this divisiveness that now has that gap was this that's uh, uh, schism was here you know my fingers are an inch apart and now it's as wide as I can stretch my arms and I think Limbaugh was definitely instrumental in that I agree with that completely I guess my takeaway from that quote is that outside of creating that division that you just represented with your hands there was he didn't bring anything positive to society. He didn't bring people together. He kind didn't bring Democrats and Republicans together to, for a greater cause. It. No. it was these people are idiots and and what was the thing he called uh, women's lib Fe- feminazis. Feminazis. I, I'm not. I'm not. I definitely feminazis was Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh might be responsible also for libtards. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are the kind so, of words that he yeah. put into the American vernacular. So that's the type of legacy that he left. And I, and we talk politics and, and you know, and we bring on our friends, uh, you know, as often as we bring on guests that disagree with us and, you know, folks that I love more than, you know, folks that I agree with very often. I mean, just some of the best people are different. And if there's ever a legacy to this show, hopefully it's at least that we don't have to hate each other and that we can come on and disagree and have a good conversation with our friends I, that, I agree. that think differently than us. So yeah, I mean, I think to that end and, and what he's created as a legacy of all the folks that are literally just going to do what he did, it's just nothing but shittiness and negativity brought into the, to the world. Now, to be fair, because I'm born in 60 in New Jersey. Really? Yeah. And, Newark. Uh, 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 Patterson. Okay. Patterson. Close. And, um, uh, I, I, my my political awareness. Mom was was a huge political hobbyist. Well, you know, when you're a kid, fuck. Around the age of twenty, which was re- the Reagan vote of 1980, which I don't know if I've ever told you this. So it was Reagan and Carter, um, and it wound up being not all that close. And there was a third party candidate, John Anderson, who got garnered like three or four percent. He was a congressman from Wisconsin or Minneapolis or Minnesota. And I voted for Mr. Anderson. Why? Because he had come to William Patterson College and I actually shook his hand and met him. It's like, oh, that's fucking cool. I'm going to know the president. Right. right. So that was my very first vote was for a third party candidate. I didn't vote for Carter. All right. Nice. But Reagan came to power and, and Limbaugh actually grew out of Reagan. Now, this is, you know, this is a history that people may yawn and say, fuck, it's years ago. But the fact is, Ronald Reagan was the guy and Ronald Reagan's people, uh, Lee Atwater, who was a uh, who was a. Uh, Carl Rove before Carl Rove. He was the right-wing James Carville. He was a Southerner who was just doggedly determined, and he died young from brain cancer and apparently had an epiphany on his bed and, and uh, deathbed and said, I should have never done the things I did. But they were the ones who started making the L word, liberal, a bad thing. Liberals are not a bad thing. Look it up in the fucking dictionary. Everybody should aspire to it. Leaving the politics out of it. A liberal is somebody who's welcoming and open and and not opposed to other ideas. Well, they took that and turned it into a negative. Liberal became a, a pejorative right. under the Reagan administration. And Limbaugh 
came, got a national show in 89, wow. just as the Reagan presidency was ending. Fascinating. It is fascinating because that door was opened in the 80s by the ultra-conservative people. I mean, basically, Reagan ran on, yes, lowering taxes, lowering regulation. But the unspoken thing about the Reagan presidency was we got to push these hippies and these fucking love it people and the make war, uh, make love, not war people. Fuck that. We got to the country's veered off a little bit that that message is getting in too deep we're about business and making money and make that first and people who disagree with us make sure they're called out and castigated yeah and limbaugh took that banner and ran with it and made himself a bloody fortune he did and definitely created something that now i mean obviously millions of people love that type of messaging and really get behind it but has it done you know I would say more good than than no much bad, more harm but than good. Has it done any good? No, I don't think it's done any good. I honestly don't think it's done any good at all. And sorry, Rush. I look. I've often said this. I worked in radio for ten years. You're still working in radio. My hats off to anybody who can get filthy rich in radio because it's a small number of people. Paul Harvey, uh, Casey Kasem, Rush Limbaugh. That's about it. <laughs> he made a god darn fortune playing off that. Don't think he brought anything good at all. He just didn't. Well, when your literal legacy is leaving a world, or not maybe a world, but a country that is diametrically opposed based on politics, almost to the point of civil war and violence. Yes. That's really sad. That's kind of his legacy. It, you know, because we... And, can, and perhaps that's giving, like I said, a, a fat, bloated disc jockey, rest in peace, too much credit. But think about the power he had. There's certainly some of that. Think about, fat, I mean, this guy was on 1,200 fucking radio stations. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't, because I, I, I used to drive to Jersey, and there literally wasn't, and this is not the internet, Tristan, this isn't satellite. Right. There was literally not a place on that drive you couldn't tune in Limbaugh, because every dude dick AM radio station across America was carrying the fat bastard. Wow. So, so I guess the other side of that coin is, who are the people who were listening? Well, the people who were listening are the MAGA folks of today. Sure. The Tea Party, now MAGA. Yes. And, yeah. Yes. So it's sad, because that is and now. And you and me. Right, of we course. Listen. And that's all he cared about. I don't give a fuck if this guy disagrees with me. He's listening to me every day. Thank God. Yeah, definitely. Because he wants to hear how outlandish I can be. Right. And he wants to hear what I say against women and against homosexuals and against blacks. And a lot of it was, you know, coded language. Oh, 100%. A little, a little wink and a nod. Yeah. So it's just sad. But so I, th I thought that was a great quote. So thanks, Ricky, for that's that. That's a really great quote. Yeah. Ooh, ooh and, and since we're doing some thanks, man, thank you for the Culver's. Oh yeah! Oh man, that, there's. Culver's is good. I will say, like I, best fish sandwich out there. Really, and one of the best little fast food burger joints around. Yes, I mean it's yes. tough to beat Culver's. Yeah, Culver's is good. So. Now it's expensive. That's why it's nice to get a freebie. Kill a couple free cards. We made oh, a yeah. we made a trade, and I got a fistful of cards. Gave Triz a few of them, and they, and they honored it with no problems. No issue at all. Good. Yeah. Very nice. So get a little cheese curds while I was there. Uh, big fan it's a of Wisconsin cheese outfit. Oh yeah. The cheese curds are big. Pretty nice. Yeah. So any plans for the Super Bowl? Uh, well, I would love to see the 49ers win it. Oh, yeah. Now well, I got on DraftKings way back, and you got bonus money. So I took $50 of my bonus money and put it on the Niners back in September. Oh, wow. And if they win, I get 275 bucks. Very nice. So we're closer with each day. Nice. Now, I will probably hedge that bet. 
because it's, I'm playing with house money. If the Ravens make it, throw 50 bucks on the Ravens, you might get 150 So that's kind of a hedge. Yeah. You know? Yeah, pretty, pretty smart. I don't want to see the Chiefs again. Uh, nothing against Same. them. A lot of people say Mahomes is, I've heard people say Mahomes is LeBron because he cries all the time. And <laughs> I'm not making that. I just, I'm done with the Chiefs. I don't want to see them beat the Ravens. And there is a point where you just start to see the same team win it over and over in any sport that it just becomes, if it's not your team, it gets boring. If it's not your team. Right? right. If, like, if, the Jets, if, cool. if it was the Bengals or the, you know, for me, the Niners or, you know, the Cincinnati Reds, like we can win for a decade straight. <laughs> and that's fine. But I get the well, I whole. I think the Niners did back in the 90s, 80s, oh, we, 80s, 90s. It was a nice run when I was a little oh, kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. for sure. Hell yeah. And just like the Patriots of the last, you know, Brady, Belichick years. Oh, yeah. Good play. We're always in it. Always, man. So, yeah. yeah. So we still have two games to play, though. Ravens, Chiefs, and uh, Niners, and Lions. And and if not for that bet, Trizen, nothing. I got nothing against the Niners. But if not for the bet I have, I'd probably be rooting for the Lions because it's such a great story. It's a better story. story. God, yeah. it's such a great story. But the Brock Purdy story is pretty great, too. It is. The last is. guy drafted. now. But you know Gary Gay, Ashley's husband. Of course. Who runs our bar now that Jeff stepped aside. Indeed. He's Dan Campbell from the Lions. They could be brothers. Really, the head coach of the Lions? Yeah. Do you not? You can't picture him? I, no, I'm not picturing. Uh, him oh yeah, I, Gary. I, I, he, he didn't know him either. And I said, uh, I said, Gary, you're the you're the coach for the Lions. He's like, what are you talking about? And I said, Well, I'll, I'll show you a picture. But anyway, we are not audios. Uh, we are not video, so a picture won't do our our listeners any any good. And by the way, I'm 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 uh, googling. Gary Gay, <laughs> instead, nice. instead of Dan, Dan Campbell, instead pops of up. Coach Campbell. Nice. Now he's a little bit bigger version, but um, you'll be able to see it. Uh, oh yeah, he looks like Gary. Definitely similar, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is kind of cool. So anyway, all right. So that's Super Bowl, and I plan on watching those games on Sunday. Been watching a lot of football. Yeah, it's been fun, and I. I get hey, more has my mic been on? I hope it has. I just looked at the levels. Okay, they're good. Yeah. It's tough to do a whole show. Sometimes our audio is off. I, I, I pay Ours attention. Is good. Yours is bad. Yeah. And vice versa. Well, I think the thing that you do, and you know, I'll help you on air. No, you back way off sometimes, and then you're telling a story from back here, and the level's <laughs> low, and then you'll come right back and talk like this. So it's tough to modulate, you know, to to, to regulate those levels. It is. But uh, All yeah, right. I guess uh, I'll thank our sponsors, and yeah. you got a little comedy. I don't actually. I, I blew my. I did it, man. It was, uh, you know, the uh, maybe Dick. Oh yeah, very, very true. Well, we don't like to do a show without insulting somebody. So oh, here's maybe, it. okay. Maybe. I just thought of this joke. Oh. I just thought of it, Tristan. All right. So uh, there's a <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, there's a penguin. Penguin. Penguin's got his uh, snowmobile, and his snowmobile putters out, and he makes it to the mechanic shop, and the mechanic says, ah, "It's going to take me a while. I got a few ahead of you." It's uh it's it's can you can you give me some time this and the penguin says sure i'll just go across the street here to that ice cream stand and i'll check back so he comes back about two hours later and the mechanic says uh looks like you blew a seal and the penguin says no nah, it's just a little vanilla ice cream <laughs> pretty good i like it <laughs> so that type of content brought to you by Tony, we do epoxy. Tony, thank you so much. And if you're looking for some uh, pretty cool garage or concrete work, give our man Tony a call at We Do Epoxy uh, right here locally, the Dad's Flooring Studios, uh, where we exist right now. Man, this is nice. Dad really takes care of us. That's and, great. and as somebody without a good relationship with his own dad, like Cameron's kind of my dad now that he's our studio sponsor. Talk to your dad at all? No, it's been. Not at the holidays? Oh, no, no no shit. His wife, this is odd. I'll tell the story. I don't know if anybody listens in my family, so I'll tell it, and then it'll get back to me that they do. I got 
I get a periodic card from my dad's longtime girlfriend. I was going to say, I didn't think it was actually wife, right? Yeah, so they weren't actually married, to the best of my knowledge. Well, in California, it's, it's common, common law, law yeah. wife. So, And she sent out a card, which she will do periodically, and I think she doesn't like the fact that we're not in touch okay. and wishes, of course, as probably everybody sure. does, right, that we had a better relationship. And uh, so we got a card, and it was saying that they had had COVID, and it was pretty scary and pretty rough. Mm. I was like, man, you know, I was like, well, I guess the only thing about not being in touch with you guys is I don't hear about it till after it's safe again. Right. So like, so that's kind of nice. Right. And tried to look at the bright side. And then I was talking to my aunt about it. And I was like, man, you know, does dad and Deborah okay? You know, she said, I heard that they had COVID pretty bad. And she was like, they never had COVID. Oh, no. So I don't know what the oh, deal, no what the deal was. Like if she was just and trying that's to. that's his sister? The, yes, my dad's sister. Yeah, oh, so no. yeah, I don't know if maybe they were and trying they're to. in touch. Yes, they see each yeah, other. and they regularly. live in close proximity because oh, my aunt's in Silicon Valley, yeah, and they're how in do you process Marin. That I don't know, man. It's just so weird. <laughs> trying to gin up a little sympathy, right? I wonder, you know. And it was such a weird thing. So that was <laughs> the the last experience I had with them. Family, and, man. You can pick your friends. You can't oh, pick you your cannot. family. So yeah, yeah I, I wish them the best, and, and you love them to death. But you know, and 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 find myself very often sad that we don't have a relationship. But nonetheless, Dad's flooring is always here for me and that i deeply appreciate uh, troy at front porch studios if you're thinking about doing a podcast and believe me you can hear us doing it you probably can anybody too. can do it <laughs> troy can help give troy a call just google front porch studios and troy's got your back and then of course nate with stove leg media our umbrella get him media paid. partner i gotta send him a check i will do it this week nate nice and you can send me one too if you want but if not i'll take the culvers that, that's that's pretty great so, yeah, I didn't put any comedy together this week, but I did. I heard a Seth Meyers joke, and I wanted to tell it because it was a New Jersey joke. Okay. But I didn't remember it, and I didn't write it down, and I Googled it on, on the drive over, and I could not find it. But I'm going to try and do it. I'm going to try to do it. It's going to be Paraphrase. bad. Oh, God. So nothing worse than like paraphrasing a joke and kind of going back. So it won't be funny, but the joke was essentially <laughs> uh, an Exxon station. I promise I'll laugh. <laughs> Thank you. An Exxon station in New Jersey uh, had their gasoline tested, and it found out they were actually pumping gasoline with 60% water. Residents of New Jersey were furious because not the, the actual water doesn't have 60% water. <laughs> so it was funny when Seth did it. And that's if I could funny. have written it down, it would have been okay. You. But yeah. So, yeah. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, so be yeah. All right, Triz. Have a great week, man. You too, Ray. Good chat, man. Yeah, likewise.